Well, good morning. If you have a copy of God's Word handy, you can be turning to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll meet there in just a moment and begin our lesson together. We are grateful that you are here. We're thankful for the good attendance. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to encourage one another, even as we was prayed just a moment ago and was mentioned that we would have a time of worship, certainly first and foremost to our God, but a time of encouragement as well as we can visit with one another, and we're always grateful that you are here. I was giving our brother Jeff a, a hard time. He was up here at the front checking the attendance, and I told him I'd give him a few minutes of my time if he wanted to stand up here and call roll, and we'll see who all's here and, and uh, who would answer present being here. We know that folks are traveling and, and busy, and some folks are sick, and so we miss those who aren't with us, but we're certainly grateful for the, the opportunity to be here this morning. If I could take just a minute and mention a little bit more, expound a little bit about what Charles mentioned about our Vacation Bible School. Of course, we were very sad to have to cancel that last year. And as we kind of passed over it earlier this year for the sake of everything that was still going on, uh, we've been in discussion about maybe several different ways of, of doing it. There are certainly, as you know, various places that, that handle something like a vacation Bible school in various ways. We talked about just a Saturday thing, and then someone suggested that at their congregation they'd even done a Sunday afternoon. And so we're going to try that this year and see how it goes. Might stick with it. Might go back to Saturday. Might go back to a week. We just kind of have to see how things go. And we also mentioned in our discussion, kind of mentioned to the elders that there's a chance we might uh, do that Sunday afternoon and, and maybe cancel our evening services, kind of like we do on our homecoming Sundays where we meet and then have lunch and then, and then meet again and, and don't have an evening service. We may uh, make it that kind of situation where we want you to come back and be a part of that on Sunday afternoon from about 1.30 to 4.30, and then we wouldn't have services that evening. But we'll let you know more information as we come to it. But we want you to be a part of it. We still would like help. One reason that we targeted that time was that hopefully folks would come from area congregations, and then they could be back at their home congregations if they would like to. We hated to do it maybe in the evening, and then folks from North Hamilton or, or other area places would say, well, we can't, we can't come. We don't want to miss our services. So maybe this would bring in a few of those folks. Uh, we'll get you some information as far as our advertisements and things like that. We want to certainly bring in folks from the community. And it's going to work sim uh, very closely to how it has in the past. Um, and we'll, you know, again, just kind of as we're gathering that, we'll let you know. We will probably plan to meet next Sunday morning or next Sunday afternoon at one, one time or the other with everyone who's interested in helping. Uh, but preliminary plans are being made, and we're very excited about doing something for our children and it is an opportunity, hopefully, to reach out to our community as well. And we are, uh, hope that you'll make plans to be a part of that. You know, sometimes it's hard to come up with uh, PowerPoint slides. And sometimes it's hard to know exactly how to format things or what pictures to use. But if you have your bulletin and you've already seen the title of the lesson, it was pretty easy this week. My kids wanted to know why I came out of the house with a fork and walked out to the middle of the road. But it was easy as they got here this morning and saw the title of the lesson. You know, it was Robert Frost in 1915, and I'm sure he wasn't the first, but it was Robert Frost about 1915 in the, in the poem, The Road Not Taken, who said, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both. If you're not a Robert Frost fan, that's okay. Some of you may be Yogi Berra fans. Everybody remembers the Yogiisms that came out of Yogi Berra, who was well known for saying, when you come to a fork in the road, uh, take it. And as I was thinking about that and, and looked that up, I actually found out even more information myself that uh, that came from he was trying to direct someone to his home and you could take two different routes. So he said, you know, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. For us, we have tough decisions sometimes in life. There are forks in the road or various times in various situations. And 
certainly this morning we want to think for just a moment, is there anything in the Bible that might help us with that kind of a situation? We've got Robert Frost, we've got Yogi Berra, and certainly other things, but you know, it's, it's a biblical concept. You may have it on your wall in your house. Many people do, written out or drawn out. Joshua 24 in verse number 15, choose you this day. Joshua is speaking to people who have come to a fork in the road. They have a situation and they must decide what they're going to do. We preached a lesson or a series of lessons uh, not too long ago from 1 Kings chapter 18. Remember Elijah talking to the people there on Mount Carmel, that great occasion before the great display of God and the fire that's called down and everything that takes place between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Elijah knows what's coming in a sense. He, he knows this great event that's about to take place. So he looks at the people of God and he says, how long will you choose between two opinions? How long will you have this struggle with which way you're going to go? Basically the same thing as Joshua. Choose you this day whom you will serve. They had come to a fork in the road. Now I ask you this morning to turn your Bible, Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read a few verses together to set the stage for what we're going to talk about as we think about a fork in the road, about choices or decisions. The Hebrew writer says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." We'll stop there, but verses 28 and 29 carry on with the sprinkling of blood as, as we talked, uh, Brother Robert led our thoughts in so well just a few moments ago. But there's a, a phrase there in verse number 24. It's easy to skip over unless you're thinking about a topic such as this, when Moses became of age. Essentially, it seems that there was a fork in the road for Moses. Now, certainly we don't understand that it was one moment in time, that it was one day in particular or one second or series of minutes that he had to think about these things, but he had a choice. He had to decide what he was going to do. And when he became of age, when he was come to years, means that he had a decision to make. And I'm going to ask you several times this morning, and we'll throw out a few specific examples at the end, but what, what is it for you? No doubt many of you, as I look around and several of us are, are getting on up in age, we have already passed many forks in the road and already made decisions about any number of things. But you would be mistaken this morning if you think there are no more that lie ahead. You'd be mistaken if you think, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm, I'm on up there in years and I don't have that many decisions to make anymore. We'll talk about some in just a moment, but there are forks that we come to in the road and we have to decide what we're going to do. You know, forks in the road show a person, show a man, show a, a woman, show a person what they really are, what he or she really is. One man stands still and does nothing. You know, in Judges chapter 5, Judges 5 and verse 23, there's a great example. There is a curse. The angel of the Lord says, curse Moraz. And if you don't know anything about the situation, it seems kind of odd. 
it seems kind of sad. The angel of the Lord would say to curse Miraz, but as you look around at the example there from Judges chapter 5, Miraz was a village placed under a curse in the song of Deborah there in Judges chapter 5 because they did not aid the armies of the Lord in the battle against Jabin, king of Canaan. You see, what they did is they stood there and they did nothing by all accounts. So sometimes a fork in the road shows a person what they really are because sometimes we stand and we do nothing. Do you recall Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 30? In the parable of the talents, the unprofitable servant was the man who received one talent. So it's very easy for us to say, well, I'm a one talent person. I must be unprofitable. But if we read the whole account there, if we understand what's going on, it was the one talent man who was afraid Nothing wrong with being afraid. It was the one talent man who was afraid and did nothing. Now we're getting somewhere. He did nothing and was called the unprofitable servant in verse number 20 who was cast into outer darkness. You see, forks in the road show us that sometimes we stand still and do nothing when we're faced with a decision or a difficult decision. Sometimes we kind of hop around from one to the other. We see that person who's kind of spinning around in circles. They, they start this way, they stop, and they, they look the other way. And they, they flip between indecision. They don't know what exactly to do. They go from road to road. And then there's Moses. Moses chose the right way. Moses set himself steadfastly. He refused one, and he chose the other. Moses had come to a fork in the road, and he had to decide what he was going to do. And that's what we want to consider this morning. And maybe, just maybe, we can make a few applications to our life. When we think about Moses' decision, there were a few elements. There were a few sides to it, if you will. One was there was a bit of a negative, if I can begin there, a negative side to it. What did Moses do? Well, it says there in the text, Moses refused in verse number 24. Seems like that was a 100%, without a doubt, positive no. It seems like if you encountered Moses in the days after he made this decision, you wouldn't be unsure of what he chose to do. You wouldn't meet Moses and say, well, have you decided yet? I can't quite tell what you're going to do. A hundred percent, without a doubt, it seems that he was committed because he refused. Absolutely. Well, what about us? You see, sometimes we make a decision, but it's a little, it's a little weak. Maybe we're more in that kind of going back and forth between roads. Ours is not a hard no, a refusal. What situations do we come across where we sometimes waffle between decision and indecision? We go back and forth. And even as we talked about in our class this morning here in the auditorium, we, by our conduct, are showing people who we serve, what we do. There was a negative element to Moses' decision, but there was also a positive element He chose rather, at the beginning of verse number 25, he didn't refuse so as to stand still at the fort. He wasn't passed by people who were going one way or the other, and they would say, well, you know, why are you standing there, Moses? What are you going to do? No, he chose positively, chose rather to suffer affliction. And we'll come back to that in just a moment. You know, too many people think Christianity is all negative. Christ simply wants us to say no to the lowest Things in life and yes to the highest things in life. To set aside the darkness and the sin and to come to the light and the righteousness. To follow after him. You know, Christ reveals our character. 
quite often. And man shows that by our choices. Will we choose prayer or will we choose pleasure? Will we choose the ball game or the activity instead of the worship services or the meetings? Will we choose to be with our family or our friends of a physical nature as opposed to our spiritual family? Will we choose truth or will we choose error? Christ truly reveals our character and we show that by the choices that we make. Moses revealed his character. They knew what they were talking about. They knew who, they, that, who he was talking about. They knew who he was choosing to follow by what he chose to do. So let's talk for just a moment about Moses at the fork in the road. And let's begin to think about ourselves as we face various decisions. Number one, his decision was far-reaching. It had effects upon time and, of course, eternity. How often do our decisions affect our eternal place? I ask you and challenge you to really consider that. I've mentioned this before from lessons, but we usually think, well, when I wake up in the morning, what time I set my alarm for, it doesn't really matter whether or not I'm going to heaven. What I choose to eat for breakfast, it doesn't matter if I'm going to heaven or to hell. What I choose to put on, what I choose to watch on television, maybe turn the TV on while I'm getting ready, that doesn't matter whether I'm going to heaven or whether I'm going to hell. But I would challenge you, there are some choices that may not exactly matter, but we can very often see in our lives an effect that one choice has upon many other things that we see and we do. How often do we make decisions in that light our eternal place as opposed to money, whether it will give me more money or help me out financially? How often do we make a decision based upon what God would have us to do or our eternal place as opposed to what our family or our friends want us to do, as opposed to what's popular to do? I challenge you. I don't know if you could make a list. We talk about prayer journals. We talk about things that we can do where we write things down. But what choices have you made already today? What choices will you face this week? When you're making the decision, are you thinking about the far-reaching implications? It appears as if Moses was. He knew what he was getting into, and his decision was certainly far-reaching, far and often ours are as well. Number two, when Moses came to the fork in the road, he knew that he had to refuse many things. He had to refuse much. Remember, we, we read a few of those there in verses 24 through 26. He had to refuse the highest social position. It's real easy to stand up here and knock all the politicians, but so many people, when they get close to that power, they don't want to give it up. When they get co close to the top, even if they know they may have to sacrifice something, they may have to sacrifice their integrity. They're willing to do it, but Moses said, I'll have to sacrifice even the highest social position. He sacrificed or refused honor, power, and glory as king. He refused the pleasure, the passing pleasure of sin. Verse 25 tells us, or excuse me, verse 26, that he refused the, the treasures of Egypt. Now, don't be mistaken. I, I, I think maybe some of us, sometimes we think even in today's climate, Egypt may not be as much of a world power as it once was. It may not be one of the top few countries that have the most when it comes to uh, economies or, or politics or things like that. It may not be one of the most sought after or, or, or strongest places in a military sense. But let's go back through time. We think about Rome. We think about all these other places. 
Egypt was top of the heap at this time. I mean, that was the place. There was, there'd be nowhere else to ascend to. And Moses knows that he's going to have to refuse many things. He refused, even at the end of verse 24, to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I would submit for your thinking, there's a good chance for many people that would have, that would have meant death. <laughs> That's what would be choosing. That's what you'd be choosing if you chose that, to say, you don't want to be in this family? You don't want to enjoy these riches, these things? Well, then that's what you're going to face. But he had to refuse many things. What do we do when we come to a fork in the road? Do we refuse ourselves certain things? Or do we grab after that money or that power or that position or whatever it might be? We need to consider that with the decisions that we make. And even Moses had to refuse or had to choose things that were not easy. He chose suffering. That's what verse 25 says. He refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose rather to suffer affliction. He chose suffering. How many of us would choose suffering? Not very often. In fact, most of the time when we're faced with something of a difficult decision, whether it be of a physical sense or whether it be of a mental sense or whatever it might be, we choose the other way. We don't choose suffering. Nobody wants to suffer, but it says Moses, faced with a fork in the road, chose to suffer. He chose poverty. As it says, the riches or the treasures in Egypt, he didn't look to those. He looked to a life that was going to be harder. I told you we're going to get to some decisions maybe in a minute, but how many of us, when we're faced with a choice to take a pay increase... Or to stay the same or maybe even a decrease. But we know the challenges and the time and what it's going to take to, to, to accept that, to enjoy that. We know it's going to be difficult. We know it's going to take time away from our family. We know it's going to make things harder and that we may have to do things we don't like in order to keep that position. But there's more pay there. I might have to live a little more on the, closer to the poverty line if I don't accept that. How many of us would choose that? It's an honest question. And maybe you've chosen before. Maybe you've chosen the proper way. Some people do, some people don't. Many in the world choose to enjoy the riches. He chose to suffer. He chose poverty. He chose a despised people. People who were enslaved. People who were despised by the Egyptians. He refused much and he had to choose many things that were not easy. As we begin to make application to our life, though, let's think about what motivated him. You see, it's easy to sit there, to stand here and say, well, preacher, that's great. I understand what you're saying. I need to avoid those things, and I need to do these things. But what motivates us to choose that? What motivates us to do these things? One, one thing we might say would be godly parents. In the case of Moses, specifically his godly mother, or the influence of a godly mother, Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 8. His sister is watching over him as he is a baby in the basket. And when he is found in verses 5 and 6, they send his sister who goes and gets his mother, Jochebed, to take care of him, to help raise him. Maybe, just maybe, when he came to that fork in the road, the decision was a little easier because he knew Pharaoh's daughter. He knew what that life held, but he remembered that godly mother. Godly parents... And folks, we, we talk about this, and you know the importance of your parents and the importance of being a good parent, but 
How many times will that help in the heat of the moment, at the fork in the road, to think about the influence of godly parents? We go forward to the New Testament. We think about Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5. Paul would say that there was a genuine faith in Timothy, which dwelt first in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. The influence of godly parents and grandparents. Maybe you enjoyed that. Maybe you didn't. But one thing is sure right now, everyone within the sound of my voice has a decision to make. A fork in the road. How will you influence your children, your grandchildren? Some of you, maybe your great-grandchildren. Will you be that positive influence so that when they come to a fork in the road, they'll remember you. They'll remember God because of your influence. Maybe Moses was motivated by that godly mother or godly parents. Number two, I would submit that Moses was able to distinguish between right and wrong. What motivated his decision? Well, he had discernment. Think about Moses' place in the timeline of history. Maybe just maybe Moses could think back to Joseph, the story of Joseph and what Joseph did in the service of Joseph. Maybe he could have looked to that and thought about that. Maybe he could have he might could save Israel by becoming king. Or maybe he realized that God's calling is best. You know, we think about in Isaiah chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, when Isaiah says, God says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Do you know people sometimes who have trouble making decisions because they have trouble discerning between right and wrong? You see, I think it's very sad, but we live in a world where people promote that idea. And it sounds good, and maybe it feels good. We'll talk about pleasure in just a minute. But Moses was motivated because he was able to discern right from wrong. He was able to distinguish that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20, 1 Corinthians 3, 18 through 20, Paul would write, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. I hope we're not making decisions based upon what's popular or even what's considered right at this time. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. What motivated Moses to make the right choice? He had discernment. He was able to choose right from wrong. He wasn't calling evil good or good evil as so many people do. That can help us as we think about coming to a fork in the road. We have to be able to determine, to make a judgment, to discern. And that's tough sometimes, especially in this world of postmodernism where people say, well, whatever you think is okay, whatever I think is okay. But hopefully we'll be motivated by, in our decisions by distinguishing what's right and wrong. Number three, Moses was motivated because he knew the pleasures of sin are seasonable. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 25. Choosing to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Sin is pleasure presently. But the sting comes later. I think that's one of the biggest 
mistakes. That, that's one of the biggest things that we sometimes get confused about is that we can sometimes live a sinful lifestyle and nothing happens. Uh, just for one example, you may go and steal something. You may go and take something that doesn't belong to you and no one knows. And so it's easy for us then to think, well, I mean, I, I enjoyed that. I reaped the benefits from that. Nobody knows. I'm not in jail. Nothing happened. I'm good. Then you begin to do it again or to do something else. I mean, let's take something away. Maybe let's set that aside. Maybe it's something else. We enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, and we forget about the sting that sometimes comes later. Now, certainly some people who steal, some people who lie, people who do certain things, they do feel the sting in this lifetime. But we know that ultimately the sting that comes later is the remorse that one will feel as they are condemned to an eternity in the devil's hell. Moses knew that sin is passing. Pleasure is passing. It's seasonable. And we need to set that aside. And fourth, in connection with Moses here, we need to be willing to compare values. We need to be willing to look to a reward. You know, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, Jesus says, For what profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? See, Moses was looking to a reward. He was making a determination, discerning, understanding that sin is passing, it's seasonable. And so he's comparing the suffering versus the sin, the seasonableness of sin. And he's looking for that reward. In verse 26, it says he looked to the reward that was past the treasures of Egypt. Notice verses, let's go back in Hebrews 11, look at verse 10. Speaking of Abraham, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God, a reward. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Speaking of that promise, that reward. Look at verse 16. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Moses' motivation, we might simply say, was heaven. Maybe he didn't understand it in the same way that we do. But we think about the reward that is waiting for us. Comparing the suffering of this sinful world with the reward that is waiting. When we come to a fork in the road, we have to be willing to compare the values of these things and look to the reward. So let's think then, very quickly here at the end, what was the result of Moses' choice? What was the result of Moses' choice? He made that decision at the fork in the road. What was the result? Well, he talked with God. In Exodus chapter 33, in verse number 11, hear the words. Exodus 33 and verse 11. Moses came to a fork in the road. He had a choice. He chose the right way. And what was his reward? The Bible says, so the Lord spoke to Moses. Okay, that's great. I mean, God speaks to us today through his word. Other people heard the voice of the Lord in the Old Testament, right? They spoke to him. That's great. But go further. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. 
Isn't that what we desire from our God? From having a relationship with Him? Speaking face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses' reward was that he talked with God. Moses' reward, we might say as well, was that he appeared at the transfiguration with Christ. We think about Luke chapter 9, verses 30 and 31. Peter, James, and John are with Jesus on the mountain, and they look up and they see two men with him. Elijah and Moses. See, Moses received his reward. The result of his choice, of his making the proper choice, was that he was able to talk with God. He appeared at the transfiguration with Christ. And we think about him having that heavenly reward one day. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, Paul talks about fighting the good fight, finishing the race, keeping the faith, and laying hold of the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give to him. That can be our reward as we think about the results of Moses' choice. There are great things that are waiting for us if we will make the right choice as we come to a fork in the road, whatever it may be. As we begin to conclude our lesson this morning, I ask you to consider, are you at a fork in the road? And listen for just a minute. Are you at a fork in the road this morning or this day? Is it your job or your work maybe that you have a choice to make? Whether it's more money, less money, a different position, more time, what might it be? Are you at a period of graduation? Maybe we're graduating high school or college with a fork in the road. What are you going to choose to do? Maybe it's that your children are growing up. Maybe your children are getting married. They're making choices. Maybe your life has changed as they leave the home and you stand at a fork in the road. Maybe it's health concerns. As you think about your health deteriorating or things that you face, maybe you're at a fork in the road. Maybe it's your spouse who's going through health concerns and you together are at a fork in the road. Maybe it is the loss of a spouse. As you stand at that fork thinking about that decision that you make as you continue living with the loss of a spouse. For our high school students or our students, maybe it's the future. That's not a particular moment, again, as you think about one particular decision, but it's many decisions, but you think about your future. Maybe it's your, your, your retirement. You're, you have more time. What you're going to do with your life? Are you going to commit to, to taking it easy and enjoying more recreation, which there's nothing wrong with inherently? Are you going to spend more time serving God? Maybe you're starting a family or considering starting a family. And we could go on and on this morning, listing so many choices that we face in this life. Are you at a fork in the road? Ultimately, as we do at the end of every lesson, we put this slide up and we ask for you to consider if you're not a Christian this morning and you stand at that fork in the road, a song has been selected in just a moment that we can encourage you through its words, that you would consider that decision of becoming a Christian. Maybe you're here this morning and you're on the wrong road. Maybe you've already made a poor choice and you wonder what you should do or what you can do. Maybe you can turn around. Maybe you can repent. Maybe you can come back to God. You see, the good news this morning, besides just the gospel and the opportunity to become a Christian, for those of us who are Christians, the good news is that once we make a decision, a poor decision, as long as we're blessed with time and opportunity, with 
breath in our lungs and blood pumping through our body today, we can turn around. We can repent. That's literally, literally what that means to, to make a change, to turn around. Maybe you need to go backwards a little bit, come to a fork in the road and make a new decision. Maybe you need to turn from a sinful lifestyle or something that is amiss in your life and come back to him. We're thankful for the example that Moses left for us to consider. Coming to a particular moment in life, having to make a decision, considering all these things that we've discussed already this morning and making the right decision. So certainly, we challenge you to consider the forks in the road that you will face, not only in the coming days, weeks, and months, and hopefully years of your life, but even in this moment, what will you do? Even now as we stand together and as we sing.